What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts Account. Play my music, man. All right. Thank you for tuning into another episode. I appreciate you being here. Now, today we are going to talk about learning. And in this podcast, I will be giving you tips to more efficiently and more quickly learn the things that you're trying to learn. Now, learning is incredibly important at any age. I think people should seek to be lifelong learners, and it's a big key to success in life. And unfortunately, I don't think this is a negotiable thing. I don't think that being a lifelong learner is something that you just can't do. Like if you don't want to consistently learn something new or improve upon your knowledge in some way, regardless of the territory that you seek to learn in, I think you live a unfulfilling life. I think that's a big part of human purpose is to continue to learn and continue to expand upon our knowledge. So if you don't already love to learn yet, I hope this episode will convince you to love it. So in my opinion, I don't think that traditional schooling always does the best job at instilling in people a love and a lust for learning. But once I found that for myself, I was exposed to a whole new mindset and like way of thought. And I think this is a great failing and a great kind of shortcoming of the traditional education system is the way that it's framed and the way that it's kind of stigmatized in society is that nobody wants to go to school, nobody wants to do their homework, like everybody can't wait to get out of school. And I think perhaps this is due to the subject matter being taught is not necessarily always stuff that people are passionate about. That doesn't mean that it's not useful information. This is not a full-blown head-to-toe critique of the schooling system. But I think that it really falls short in instilling in people that lust for learning, that drive to want to be a lifelong learner. Because I do think that if you enjoy learning and you can actually like find a passion in learning, you set yourself up to enjoy a whole new side of life and in a different way. I mean, I probably could and should make a new episode about, you know, the shortcomings of the traditional education system. But if you're going to punish people and make people question their future based on the way that they perform on a test or punish mistakes in a way that don't make people feel good about the mistake and don't encourage people to learn from those mistakes, then I think you have an issue. But I think falling in love with acquiring knowledge is such a life-changing event that I encourage it in a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying that I'm some super genius by any means, but I have been able to find a lot of enjoyment out of learning. And maybe this doesn't matter as much for you, but it is attractive to be educated. And that's not really debatable. Ignorance isn't cool, but anyway, the tips in this episode can really help if you're a student starting a new job or you just want a fresh way to get better at the things that you love to do. And these are widely applicable and incredibly useful. So let us not waste any more time. Let's dive right into how you can become a better learner, a faster learner, and be able to retain the things that you learn at a much greater rate. So I guess tip zero or 0.5, whatever you want to call it, would be to actually kind of care about the stuff that you're learning about. <laughs> now, I know this can be tough if you're taking a class that you don't particularly want to, but if you're doing this as a leisure thing or you're working towards a degree, you should probably like the things that you're learning about. But step one is going to be learn as much as you can and write it down. Now, when I was in college, I personally liked to type notes out, but I found it to be incredibly inefficient and actually be hindering the way that I retained the information. It's really, really important that you handwrite your notes because when you handwrite your notes, you form different synaptic connections that help you remember that information better. Now, I know there's going to be some people thinking as they hear this, oh, but no, typing is really efficient for me. And trust me, I get it. I know that typing is a lot faster. It's a lot easier it's less straining on your hands or whatever. And it's definitely easier to keep up with lectures easier when you're typing stuff down. 
but trust me, writing is much better. It will help you remember things better and it'll be easier to recall that when your note-taking strategy is a bit slower and more intentional. A little pro tip that I use with this is I defined a note-taking strategy that works best for me. Now, whatever way you want to do this is going to be up to you. It's going to be up to your discretion, whether you want to use a nice pen. I personally like the Pilot G2, not sponsored. Sponsor me though. I just happen to really like the way that it writes. So it makes me want to take notes more. I also got a notebook that was catered to the way that I like it. And I found these little things to make the note-taking process more enjoyable. Now, what you should also do is figure out what style of note-taking you like best. So some people like Cornell notes, some people like flow charts, some people just like to write out exactly everything they hear. You will have to figure out kind of what note-taking system works best for you and find out which ways of organization work best. I found that Cornell notes work really well when you have something that you can kind of test yourself on. Like I took a chem class where I had to remember different reaction types and I found Cornell notes to be better for that class because I could fold the paper over and then test myself on which reaction looked like what or whatever. But I found in biochemistry, yeah, I'm really flexing these science classes, aren't I? Anyway, in, bi in biochemistry, I found that using a flowchart worked better because I could kind of categorize it by the section of the body that I was studying or whatever. The important part is finding the note-taking strategy that works best for you. Now, once you have that information all together, then you're going to organize the information in a way that you could clearly explain to somebody who has no knowledge of the subject. And even if you don't have anybody to teach it to per se, you're still going to organize it in the same way. You're going to organize it as if you were going to present it to somebody else. Now, I'm not saying make like a PowerPoint. What I'm saying is put the information together so that's cohesive and that it has some sort of flow to it. So that if you did need to teach somebody who was asking you about it, that you could do that in an easy way. And as you organize and study this, the goal would be to try to use your notes as little as possible. You want to start to develop those new connections as you teach it and use the ability of your brain to recall the information. Now there's two benefits to this is number one, as your brain has to try to recall something, it more firmly cements that memory in your head because your brain now knows that this information is relevant and it knows that it needs to be able to recall this when it wants to. The second part of that is there's another level of memory and thought development that occurs when you have to formulate that thought for yourself. And when you have to take that information, that raw information that you have rather unorganized and formulate it together in a way that's cohesive. Here's an example. I can write out the phrase, glucose is phosphorylated using two molecules of adenosine triphosphate to form fructose 1,6-bisphosphate. Oh, the science kids are going to love that one. But a good majority of you will have no idea that I'm talking about cellular respiration, unless I personally put the thought into explaining it in a more cohesive and digestible way. That phrase means nothing to people unless I actually were to explain the needed context to understand that. And honestly, this may be the most important part of the learning process because it is active learning. Sitting in class and listening is passive learning, which is one of the most inefficient ways to learn. And I'll include in the Instagram post for this episode, uh, The Cone of Learning, which is from a popular book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is by Robert Kiyosaki. And it shows some of the best and worst ways to retain the information that you want to retain. Now, with this being the most important aspect of this technique, it can also be the most frustrating because a lot of times you may feel like you know and understand a concept, but there is a different level of difficulty when you're trying to explain it to somebody. 
But trust me, it does strengthen and reinforce that memory when you know the concept so well that you can not only explain it well, but you can recall it from your own memory. Now, as you're going through this process of teaching somebody, you will also be able to identify the parts of the subject matter that you struggle with, the parts that you can't remember as well, or you have a hard time explaining. You know that those are the parts that you need to go back and study better. And I do think it is easier to have somebody to do it with you because then you can also see the parts that they struggle with and it'll probably make a little note in your mind that you're going to want to know that part. So you can almost kind of learn from their mistakes as well as your own. I also just think in general, being able to learn something with somebody else is just more enjoyable in general than doing it by yourself. But some people are able to focus better by themselves, which I also very much understand. And I definitely do think that there is a time and a place for both individual learning and working in a pair or a group but I do think it's a bit ironic because I think I'm actually practicing this right now. I have the information that I have written out, but I want to present it in a way that's cohesive and in a way that's educational. So I'm sitting here trying to recall the things that I've learned and researched about so that I can present it in a way that's unique to me. But once you have that information in a way that's organized so that you can teach it and you've practiced teaching it to somebody else or, you know, gone through the motions of, reorganizing it in a way that's teachable, then you are ready for the next step of this, which is making it simpler. Now, let's be a bit honest here. Uh, We're all naturally a bit lazy sometimes, and we want things to be simple. And that's not a bad thing. Complex things take up more real estate in the brain. So after you've been able to teach something comfortably, see if there are areas that you can take the information and simplify it. And this will make things easier to remember because you're culminating a new way of understanding the principles. Once again, further reinforcing it in your head and simultaneously creating a new pathway that you came up with to learn the information. So you may have noticed a pattern here that we're constantly trying to reinforce the information in your head in a way that's different and effective. And I know that this works a lot better than writing it down and then just trying to repeat it to yourself until you remember it, especially if that's typed down. And as I've been explaining this, I hope you're thinking back to your own kind of study techniques and finding out all the ways that you are not reinforcing the information that you're trying to learn in a way that this way of study does. Now you'll notice at each step, we're trying to reinforce it better and better. And it's not in a way that's inefficient. Now I will say it can be a bit more time consuming than the other study technique, but the amount that you're actually learning and retaining is so much greater than typing it out and trying to repeat it to yourself until you remember it. Unfortunately, you cannot learn without a little bit of effort. Now, how enjoyable that experience is, is going to be up to you. And there are ways that you can efficiently learn while still making it enjoyable. A couple ways that you can make this more enjoyable is one, have a passion for the thing that you're learning. If you actually enjoy and are driven to learn the thing that you're learning, it won't feel like work when you're trying to learn it. Another way that you can make it more enjoyable is include people with it. If you and somebody else are working towards a common goal, you guys will likely be able to feed off each other and you'll associate some of those memories to that person, making it easier to remember. Also, when you work with somebody, especially harmoniously, when you work with somebody, you can utilize a phenomenon called synergy, which is basically the outcome of the system being greater than the sum of its parts, meaning that you guys will produce at a higher rate than what you both could accomplish individually. Another way that you can make it more enjoyable is turning it into an event or a game. So say, you know, you'll get a group of your friends over and 
make a study night out of it. Say you guys get some pizza and you guys can all spend time working together and feeding off each other's collective knowledge. Or maybe for all my competitive types out there, you guys can turn it into a competition. You guys can find out who can recall the most information or you can make a game out of it where you can utilize your creativity to figure out a way to make it fun. Anyway, there's tons of ways to accomplish making it more fun. You'll have to use a bit of your imagination there and figure out which ways work best for you. But I do think that all those are great tactics to utilize when you're trying to learn something not only quickly and efficiently, but to be able to retain that information as well. So let's run a little recap. Step one will be writing it down as you hear it, you know, do your research and writing it down by hand. Step two will be to organize that information in a way that you can clearly explain that knowledge to somebody else who has no knowledge on the subject. And step number three is once you're able to teach it comfortably, make it simpler. There's this interesting phenomenon for some reason when people gain knowledge, they want to use bigger words to describe it. But I think it's actually better to do the opposite. Like as soon as somebody starts to learn a little bit about a subject, they want to start using words like indubitably or precariously. Like the only thing you're probably actually doing is alienating the people who are trying to understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> now, I will admit, and I'm sure you've heard that in some of these episodes, I like to use a, a fun word here and there, but I'm working on it. Okay, give me a break. But actually, that leads us very perfectly into the weekly takeaway. And this week's weekly takeaway is the true mastery of a subject is the ability to explain it in the simplest terms to anybody who is trying to inquire about that subject. If you go through these tips, I can promise you that you will be a master of whatever you are trying to learn because you will be able to know the information to an extent that you can teach it to anybody, whatever skill level, and you can do it in the simplest way that you can possibly do it. I don't believe that there is actually a better way to show that you know something than that. But that is going to do it for this episode. I do have some quick announcements. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come, here. come, come close. We are working on getting our first guest on the show. Yes, that is correct. It's not just going to be my boring voice anymore. We're going to have somebody else on the show. And even more exciting, they may not be the only one. We might have multiple more episodes coming with guests, but that is in the works. I'm thinking either episode 19 or 20 will be the first guest episode. I can't tell you who it is, but just know that I am very excited to have them on. But anyway, thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you found something that you can add to your life or to the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode, you know, like, follow, do all that great stuff. You know what we're building here. You, you, chick, you know what I'm talking about. We're building the community. But anyway, I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts That Count. I'll see you next time.